I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. In Ireland, we love a good story. And I'm lucky enough to be able to chat to people from all over the world to hear their story and to hear about their life in Dublin. In this podcast, we want to be able to learn from the stories of others so that people who have recently moved to Dublin can get the most out of their time here. It depends. (laughs) Well, uh, now it's been... What day is today? The third. Uh, yeah, nearly two months. Nearly two months. Yeah, at this time. But the first time I arrived here was 2013. And how long were you there for? So... How long were you here for? Sorry. I was here for three and a half years. And last year I was here again for five months. So I would say like on and off would be maybe four years. You were here last year for five months? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Hmm. I, yeah I went back uh, to Portugal in February. Mm. Yeah, beginning of February. What, okay. What was the the driving force for going back in February? Like, uh, well, I wanted to do my Celta, and I think, uh, I yeah, it was full time, so I didn't want to stay here mm-hmm. to do that because it, it would be cheaper if I was there. I have I had like a, uh, my bedroom there and everything, so I and I think I was doing it online, so I I felt like I would be more comfortable being back there. Uh, and I thought that I was going to find a job in Portugal as a teacher, but it was not the case. Uh, I mean, there were uh, some opportunities, but just not not good enough. So that's why I, I went to Brazil in March, uh, in April, actually. And then I, I just, I don't know, I, I didn't actually plan to come back, but then I thought, okay, there are loads of opportunities in Dublin, so why not? When you came here first time in 2013, was that you came straight from Brazil to Dublin, um, and you know how was that experience? Because yeah, that was, was, I imagine, a, a, like that, a, a, quite a bit of culture shock going on there. Yeah, yeah. Because I was, I was quite narrow-minded, let's say, before coming here. So I, it was not my idea. It was my my ex, like it was. Uh, 
with him at that time. And then he just said, like, look, uh, things are not going well here because of work. I, I think, um, yeah, just I was not happy there. And I was like, why don't we just go abroad to just have the experience to live abroad and study? And then I was thinking, like, okay, so maybe you could go to Australia. But, of course, it's more expensive. It's harder to get a visa. Mm. And then I... And then he just found like some agency and then he was uh, he was just like, okay, in Dublin it's cheaper uh, and it's easier to get a visa. We don't need to get a visa actually beforehand. And I was like, okay, so I, I was super scared and I thought like, but I don't know, Ireland, you know, they just drink a lot. <laughs> 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 um, so, and I was very, very uh, religious, so... For me, it was just like... You were very religious. I was. Was? Past tense? Yes. (laughs) I don't consider myself religious. I mean, back then, I wouldn't say it was religious, but but I was very uh, conservative. Yeah. Mm, Okay. Uh, And then then that's why, for me, it was was not like a a big shock straight away. Because arriving here, uh, you know, the Brazilian community is big. And, of course, there are, like, churches and people who gather to uh yeah these things together so i was for a while still going to services and church and so on yeah because uh, like my um very very limited experience of brazilian people i've never been to brazil unfortunately but um and apart from brazilian people who i've met in dublin over the years who probably don't adhere so much to what i'm thinking of in my head right now but if i think of let's say famous sports people from brazil um i'm thinking of Ayrton senna i'm thinking of you know famous footballers pretty much all of the liverpool (laughs) brazilian Mm. football players are all very religious very religious Um, and senna was very very religious um is that like ireland obviously was a very religious country um like explain to me a little bit about what Brazil is like. Is there a big divide, or is it the majority of the population are quite religious? Or like here in Ireland nowadays, it's the the numbers are so much smaller. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't know what they are, but practicing, um, I'm not going to say Catholics. I'm going to say whatever practicing whatever religion. It's quite a small percentage, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Um. You mean here in Ireland? Here in Ireland. Small, so yeah, yeah, I'm wondering how, how it compares to Brazil now. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, the whole country is kind of very religious in general. And sometimes it's something very, very superficial, actually. It's just like everything you say, you just like, oh, thank God, you know, like this mm. kind of things. Or, oh, I'm going to pray for this to happen for you or things like that, you know. So it's kind of um it, it's just so much part of the culture that uh people just say things without actually maybe uh, uh believing that yeah. uh, you know things are like that but i would say there is this um uh this thing that is very common like uh like we just said for example some um some of the footballers uh they they always like when they uh, score, they are just like they're kissing and yeah, hands yeah. up and you're know, thanking God and stuff like yeah. that. Because I think it's more related to like Protestant, a Protestant type of Christianity, you know? Okay. So I think they're not very Catholic, uh, like 
not mm. not so many Catholics, uh, or they are just like you know you you were brought up, uh, you just had to do the christening and you know these yeah. kind of things, but you actually don't practice. But on the other hand, there is like uh, this amount of people that actually go to church every weekend. Like I was every weekend going to church, I would uh, sing in church. I was very active and it was very much like about that. My priority in life was that, you know? Yeah. So I would say like before being Marjorie, I would be Christian, you know? So that wow. was a really, really important thing. It was really like true to me. And I, yeah, everything I did was based in it. So I think there are loads of people like that in Brazil. And what was, what would have been your, how can I say uh, what made you step away from it or did it just naturally you just stop doing it or were you just so hung over on a Sunday you didn't want to go to mass anymore? <laughs> like, it took that? a while for me to get hung <laughs> over. <laughs> well, uh, it was, it was a process, you know, mm. but I would say definitely coming to Ireland was, uh, one thing that, uh, was very important for me to change that, to change my perception of it's, um, if you think that you are the only one right, if there's only one truth about, uh, I don't know, life or death or whatever, God and, and evil, uh, you are just narrowing things, you know, you're just making things just, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's not, um, I, I started meeting people from different cultures and then I realized like, uh, there is, uh, something in common between beliefs and uh even though they are from a different background a different culture still like uh you can see what um what get people what gets people together mm -hmm. uh and and this for me is more true than just like uh um yeah just like the saying like no only christians are right only this type of church because even like you you see that they just spread and like oh because i disagree with uh i disagree with you about one small thing mm -hmm. okay then you are gonna get your church i'm gonna get my church and then we try to get people into our churches it's kind of like that so there are loads of different ways of thinking but at the end of the day it's just uh, they're, they're missing the point yeah and then i i think because of that i I just thought, okay, there's no point. And uh, yeah, I think there there's just something more important than uh, actually uh, saying that, okay, we need to do that. We need to go to church to be, uh, to, to be good people. Mm. Yeah, I don't think it's like that. So it was definitely a process. And I, yeah, I just started thinking that uh, we also live under this, um, under the rules kind of and you just kind of obey some authority yeah. because you think that god uh, decides that and you know it has to be done like that otherwise you're wrong and yeah and then after being here i think it just started being more open like okay it's not exactly like that and yeah it's kind of like um <clears throat> excuse me like when you uh first like I, I was probably i went to mass a lot when i was kind of growing up i was the altar boy growing up i used to serve like uh, if you were lucky if you were good enough you'd get the the masses that were like the wedding mass or you'd get the, the christmas mass and you'd get a few a bit of money in your pocket and <laughs> stuff like that and 
you know, I was quite, I was quite religious until probably 14, 15, kind of, let's say. And then there is a, when you go off to college or if you go off and you start kind of separating yourself from what made you go to mass, it's kind of like kind of standing up to your parents. I don't know if, if you can kind of understand, if, if you get it, like, you it's, uh, I'm not going to this, and you, you rebel against it hard, and you're like, oh, yeah, F this and F that, like, religion is just this and just that, and uh, it doesn't take for a while until you actually then start questioning, why did I actually stop in the first place mm-hmm. to think about, oh, um, well, I guess that it might be a good idea for some people, but it's not really taught you in the way that you d- you understand it until you no, like, yeah. go away and question it. Yeah. And then by that time, you're just like, I don't think I could ever go back into that quote unquote indoctrinated kind of sense of of uh, community. Like, oh, we go to mass, we celebrate uh, whatever uh, celebration it is or from whatever religion you are. Uh, did you find that it was a hard breakup? Or did you find that it was actually a lot easier than you thought it was going to be? Well, I I was born in this environment. So all my family, especially from my, my dad's side, they they are still very uh, religious. And um, so I, I grew up with uh, this thing, you know. So, uh, for example, one of the things that I think I will never maybe get rid of is just the sense of guilty, you know, being guilty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because then you, you just learn, like, don't do that. That's wrong. Just do this. This is right. You have to uh, pursue sanctity. You know, you have to be holy, mm. <laughs> this kind of thing. And I I think that was probably the hardest thing for me. Because whatever I did, if I got hangover, I would think, okay, I'm hangover because, you know, <laughs> I've indulged. I've been punished. Yeah, uh, kind of like that, you know. But it's it's just in, in the back of your head. You have to be very aware that, uh, you know, there were things that you were, you were just uh, absorbing when you were very small. And, and then when you grow up and you were able to question things and realize that they are not exactly what people tell you mm-hmm. that they are. Uh, then you are able to just separate things, but you have to be—you have to do that uh, rationally and consciously because in your subconscious, mm-hmm. it's still there. You know, you, you yeah. never get rid of it to but, a certain extent. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think, like, for, from listening to what, how you're speaking about it, it was very much the environment change that um, I'm not going to say like it's probably a little bit of a journey for you and maybe you're having a breakup of it. Maybe you haven't totally broken up with it. Maybe there's certain parts of it which are still there. Maybe you don't go to church and things like that, but you might still think of things in a way. Um, and I think also, like, by the way, if you were still very religious, there was, there's no issue. Like I, like, I think we, well, personally, I probably have a similar kind of situation to Ross in the sense that I was brought up, having to go to mass like i had to go to mass every week but perhaps um you know you weren't able to relate to any of the stuff that they said there i didn't understand it you just kind of mumbled some stuff every now and then and they taught you how to mumble that stuff in school Um, and then when you get to that age of 12 13 14 you begin to question things Um, and also there was priests that used to come to our school and nobody paid any attention to them like they'd sit at the top of the class and it was like these old men trying to get control of the class, but they had no control over it. 
So again, in that point, it was kind of, we don't take this seriously. Like when the priest comes in, it was that attitude. And then, you know, having a very religious father, um, not very religious, but a man who believed in God and went to church when and where he could. Um, and he, I think, acknowledged eventually that he was like, okay, I, I get that you don't believe in God. Um, but he said, like, I think if you live a Christian life, you live a good life. Um, and that's all he said. He's like, if you don't have to go to mad, you know, whatever. But if you kind of have those values, I think there is some value within the values. Not all of them, obviously. Mm. Um, and the guiltiness one is, is a, a, I don't know, like where that one is. It's just a horrible one. But um, I guess it's a little bit probably of, of a journey. So do you think having gone through that change that there's anything not missing from your life but have you replaced it with any kind of some sort of spirituality or any type of other practice uh i would say so because it's like for me it's not that i stopped believing in, in god yeah. it's just like uh, for me I, the impression that i have is that like i was uh yeah i was shortening shortening like making it smaller you know like uh thinking that God was just that, that way I was thinking maybe it was, uh, it was not enough after, after all this process, then I started thinking, okay, the, like I said, this truth is in everything, mm. in everything. Uh, you can talk about maybe a film and then you can just have something that kind of some, um, yeah, there's some connection. There's some truth. Like you said, for example, values, why, do we always want to be a better person? Why do we want to uh, find a purpose in, in life? It's uh, something that probably all of us have it. And I, I think one thing one thing that I heard when I was, yeah, even like when I was in church, like there's an emptiness inside us that we can only, it, it's so big, it's like uh, infinite. So we can only fill it in with something that is infinite. And I think there is this uh you know everywhere but mm. we find different ways and as humans we have language to kind of identify these things mm. so i can like people can call it god energy universe whatever it is you know i think there's something yeah. uh so i think it's just so big that we are not uh as, as humans as like matter we are not able actually to to grasp it but we know there is something that's how I feel it nowadays. Mm. I don't know if it's a sp spirituality or whatever it is, but yeah. Mm. Do you think it's been like, I mean, obviously we're not theologians or anything like that. And we're just kind of spitballing the ideas, but do you think it's the, the metaphor of, of the, the old man sitting on the clouds, looking down on yeah, the omniscient uh, observer. Do you think that's like the, the wrong way of teaching about God to kids? Because, I think that was always like one of my biggest griefs. I'm like, how do people think it's God and there's like an actual physical kingdom of heaven and all this kind of stuff? That was probably the biggest questions that I always questioned when I was kind of stopping believing in it. Now, it just shows a very limited. Uh, how does he have a six pack and never work out as well? <laughs> He's God, man. He's God. God or Jesus? <laughs> Both of them. Like father, like son. No, he's in his oh, yeah, image. Oh, yeah. Isn't that, is that not true? But like you know, it's I don't he has know. blue eyes as well. Like why don't we like why don't we give 
kids enough credit they might not get it fair enough but like why do we not give kids enough credit to be like you know we're not gonna like we'll just tell them the 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 theory of it rather than you know trying to say oh well he's a guy he's a person who lives up in the sky and mm-hmm. you know he looks down on you because that was always kind of the way we were taught about it yeah mm. maybe it's just comparison or like uh, you know I think some stories are like fables, like in, you know, the very first story in the Bible. I'm going to talk about what I know. <laughs> so like uh, Genesis, like the creation of the world and everything. And there was like the snake, the serpent that yeah. uh, were was offering the, the fruit and everything. So uh, like I remember that there were discussions about these things. But uh, after I stopped actually being in this environment, I started thinking better. It's just like... When it was written, it was written for a certain type of people uh, in a certain time, and they were just trying to uh, explain the, the meaning of things mm. uh, because it's like the fruit of good and evil, and that's when people probably uh, started seeing evil in things mm. because in the beginning, when God was creating the world, uh, it just says like he, cre- he created that and he saw that this was good. And that, and it was good. And that, it was good. everything was good until we had this seed of evil, and then we started seeing evil in things. So I'm like, this is the meaning of the thing. It's not about the fruit. If it if it was an apple, a peach, whatever it was, yeah. you know. But the, then I think uh, sometimes we miss the point. Yeah. It's not about the 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 thing itself. It's just what is the meaning behind that? What do we need to learn as humans about it? Like, um, I mean, we are we are like oh, see, this is also like we were monkeys. You know, like we were monkeys yeah it was not who created them. you know like okay we, we can all we can all agree that it wasn't created in seven days and all this kind of stuff yeah i mean this is not uh literal definitely yeah, yeah. Like we can all agree that but i mean we were monkeys and eventually the monkeys became a bit conscious and they were kind of figuring out that oh this is this and this is this they didn't obviously know any single thing and us hundreds and thousands of years later still don't know anything about it and we're still debating the same questions but it's, uh, you know, I guess, is it the idea that it had to start somewhere, so you might as well make up a, an origin so to kind of at least say, okay, well, before that, you know, these are the, the, the main points that kept happening. And now I, like, I, I haven't read there, the book I either. Think. I haven't read the book, so uh. I can't really say much. Everything that I know about it is like remembered or, or just taught and pondered upon after. But like, you know, I had to start somewhere like you had to have like, OK, we might as well. We don't know when it started, so we'll pretend like it started here and then we'll just move forward from that. Mm-hmm. Like uh, because and there's also like comparisons like the walled garden, the Garden of Eden is similar to what the Buddha was in. He was in his uh, walled castle and then he didn't really know anything until he left mm-hmm. the castle and went out and mm. saw the poor people yeah. who didn't know who he was. So there's also comparisons there in 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 the Buddhist religion as there is in uh, the, the the two Bible religions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's interesting that you you talk about that. What what, what did you say? The infinite uh, darkness or something? Infinite. Uh, Not actually, but yeah, yeah, I think it's there. <laughs> some, some, yeah, like there is some uh, emptiness. Infinite. Yeah, emptiness. There's some mm-hmm. kind of emptiness and. It's actually all religions are the greatest entrepreneurial projects ever because mm. they're all looking yeah. to solve that problem. And, and the value of any religion is that we will um, fill you in 
or we will give you that yeah. value. Um, and I think most p- people will be open to listening to anybody who says that they can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it probably just depends on how the story is told. Obviously, that the generation of that story is now like probably if someone came along and wrote a good enough new Bible, we'd all probably yeah. follow in behind them. Because um, I think in in today's society, like I'm not a religious person. I don't practice religion or anything, but I think there is something missing um, from and it's it's not just it's not something that you can just fix with um, all of this stuff that they say is good for you, like, you know, run well exercise looking after yourself sleeping eating well eating kimchi getting up doing meditation all of the you know going for a swim there's something else i think that people still need on top of that um don't know what it is if anybody has the answer please call in on Mm -hmm. um (laughs) yeah but anyway so you came in 2013 you opened up you you like ripped off the cross from around your neck <laughs> threw it in the liffy and you went straight into temple bar for a pint is that kind of how it went yeah it went to dices that was the, that was the point <laughs> oh you went that to hell the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yes exactly yeah I was, uh, that was like my inferno, like. <laughs> love and hate relationship with dices <laughs> yeah it's pretty much uh like that so like how is uh how is dublin like filled in that void I guess like why why do you keep coming back to it that's a good question I don't I don't know actually (laughs) uh well after after Dublin I I actually it was it was hard for me to stay here I wanted actually I didn't want to go back to Brazil there was no that's the thing I I had nothing uh there anymore that I I used to have when I was living there before prior to Dublin you know so Mm. I was like um what if I go back, I go back to what? There's nothing. So I didn't want to, but I also had like this struggle with visa and everything because it was like, I don't want to go to university here. I didn't want to study business again because I graduated in business. And I was like, okay, I don't want to do it again just because it's it's convenient, just because of the visa. And then I, yeah, I was really like struggling, but then I ended up going to Brazil for three months and... I had a ticket to go to Lisbon, which is, yeah. And then I decided, okay, I'm going to go there. So I stayed in Portugal for six years. But I would say that's very simple, money. Mm. <laughs> so, mm. yeah, you can't just, you can't save money in Portugal, unfortunately. It's beautiful. It's amazing. The weather is just perfect. Mm. You can have a kind of a quality life, not not having much money. But then you you kind of like okay and, and now what you know you can't live like you were on holidays forever yeah uh, but I am very spontaneous I don't plan and then I just came over uh, last last summer let's say last year twenty twenty one and I met some friends and then one of them were was living a. Um, like was a minder job as a minder and then I was like okay you know what I'm gonna go to Dublin I'm gonna work I'm gonna mind some kids make some money mm. and and that was basically when I decided to get my my Celta and I was like okay you know what I like being a teacher and I think I I can see myself doing that for the rest of my life being mm. this industry so very here, cool here I am yeah. yeah you're actually you're the second Brazilian English teacher we've had on 
it's funny how I think, you know, over probably around 2013, 2012, as far as I can remember, when Brazilians first, you know, a lot of Brazilians first started coming to to Dublin. And it's funny how now, like, the levels of English have just gotten so much higher that, like, now there's people becoming teachers. And I'm sure, obviously, there was people with extremely high levels of English at the time anyway. But I think the level of English of Brazilians in general has improved. Mm. Um, obviously, a lot some of them from just having lived in Ireland for, like, what do we know almost 10 years yeah um, yeah but there are people who never attend classes you know they just want to stay here get a visa and that's it yeah uh, so yeah there's, there's various different i, I mm. guess um, yeah. various different forms of it mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. so do you see yourself in staying here then for i guess uh, you said you don't plan yeah. like how, <laughs> how does how do you work with that <laughs> question i just i think i i used to make plans when i was younger and because uh i got so frustrated uh because they were not not working the way i wanted that i i just found it easier not to plan Mm. uh but i would say yeah for now i think i i would like to stay for a while here because i think it's important for me to get uh well experienced uh and I don't know, maybe I, I could teach somewhere in, you know, Asia. Some, I don't know. I, I actually, yeah, it's hard for me to say mm. how long I would stay here and if I, yeah. Mm. You know, something's just come to my head there as well. Like when you say you used to get really frustrated with your plans. Um, like, is that something to do with like, when you made a plan and the expectation of, what you how you thought that was going to work out and then you get really frustrated if it didn't work out that way or I don't know you write down what you want to do in a day and you're not able to get it done and you get quite frustrated or so what exactly was the frustration Mm, yeah I think life plans let's say um yeah I I got married very young Mm. actually and I you know I just as I said, it was quite, an, I mean, we, the word has changed since then anyway, mm. but back then I really wanted to have a family, to have yeah. kids and so on. Yeah. And I had this view of marriage of being this uh, sacred thing and everything perfect and that's going to last forever. Yeah. And then I, yeah, I realized that no, things are not exactly like that. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, I just thought, okay, I'm. I give up. I'm not going to make plans. Uh, can I can I ask you like because sure. I imagine you as a child didn't create like you learned those things or they were taught to you or given to you perhaps by religion or your environment. I don't know. Um, and obviously, yeah, like it's normal that you would uh, buy into that. Um, is there any part of you that feels frustrated at the fact that that was the the story you were sold? Uh, so I think there were, um, different aspects, like different things that influenced me to kind of want that, um, definitely religion, of course, because like in church, uh, we were like, okay, you can't have sex before marriage. So Mm. like it was very, uh, stricter thing. Even I believed that for me, it was like, okay, Mm. I that's important for me and so on. So I think it's very common that uh, in this environment, people get married very early. 
Yeah. And okay, that was like in the early 2000, early 2000. So uh, maybe back then people were still getting married earlier. Uh, but I, yeah, if you were like 25, if you were a girl, probably you were considered you 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 were going to be considered old wow. already. Twenty five. <laughs> like oh, you were being left aside. What what did you get oh married? Oh my god, twenty four. Yeah. Wow. We just got in there, Marjorie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. If I knew that, <laughs> but um, yeah, and, and I think also, uh, I had that like personally, I had that because my parents died when I was very young. I was six and. Wow. I think I was always looking for this, like, I want to have a family. I want to have my own house, you know, and everything. Like yeah. My uh, home, you know, build a home. You wanted to create family. that. And if, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's why I just, okay. like, bet all the, you know, I just thought, okay, now I got what I wanted. Probably everything will hmm. uh, be perfect and everything. Just, and yeah. when you were six, did you move with other family members or...? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I was basically from uh, when I was six until I was 17, like moving from household to household. Like I lived with relatives, you know, from both sides of like families, from my mother's side and my father's side. Yeah. And yeah, it kept going. So that was like a very hard uh, period of my life because I never felt actually I had this... Um, solid base you know kind of yeah yeah that that sounds like a really uh, tough thing i guess you were a child you probably just thought that you had a certain resilience i remember studying this in psychology like the the resilience of children is generally considered to be much higher than the resilience of an adult um in terms of, of mental re resilience and ability to cope with things but i can't imagine how difficult that must have been you know mm. um but um one of the the reasons why I wanted to know about that frustration that you felt in terms of planning and, and where that came from is, you know, that idea of kind of having an objective or let's just say an idea or a, a goal or you can call it a dream, you can call it an ambition, whatever. And then maybe a, not an inability to meet it, but a, like just it doesn't happen like it like we've we've all been there right yeah, you know yeah. it, like whatever you might want I, like i used to want to play uh be a professional football player and mm. then you know any of my friends who are listening to this now have just mm -hmm. fallen off the chair laughing but um <laughs> you know the, you know you have dreams and like they're whatever and then they get a little bit mature your dreams as you get older but at the same time they're still objectives and it can get really frustrating yeah and there's one thing that i'm i'm kind of reading at the moment and probably people may know more about this than I do but it's just something I'm kind of learning about is stoic philosophy which kind of goes the opposite way mm -hmm. which is really interesting and it kind of tricks your mind a little bit it's kind of you think negatively to make say for example uh, you know maybe one thing I want is I want to be able to buy a house right mm -hmm. generally maybe most people would like something like that but that would be a dream an objective really something hard to get to etc etc what stoke philosophy would be like well all right you're renting a house now it's you know it's a fine house nice house imagine yourself living in a like piece of crap like almost in a terrible situation maybe you have to live in a hostel or maybe you can't afford whatever it might be and really picture it and visualize it um 
and then the idea is that when you kind of come out of that visualization you you appreciate way more what you have right yeah. now so essentially instead of wanting something that you don't have you try and teach your brain to want what you already have yeah it's obviously very very difficult and i'm just reading about it i like yesterday i started reading this a bit of marcus aurelius was it uh, yeah and it wasn't him actually uh i have read that meditations book before but uh, that didn't really click with me in terms of this it's a uh, it's it's an app basically mm. that i i got and it's just really interesting um and i've never heard that way of they talk about having a, a psychological immune system mm -hmm. so you know the way like your your biological immune system normally with kids the idea is that you um that you, you let them get sick so they build their immune system you know not terribly sick obviously but you go to the montessori you go to crash they get things off other kids it builds up their immune system like if you're overprotective of a kid and they never are allowed out side or anything like that and then they get a virus then they'll get really really sick so you want them to slowly build their immune system mm -hmm. and i think this is kind of the same idea it's like using negative thought to kind of build a psychological immune system so that when you do come across hard things or negative things that you're much mm -hmm. better able to cope with it than someone who's overprotective of their of their mind and their self Definitely. yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, it, what you said is exactly like i think it was not like, it just a picture that I saw, but it was exactly this. It's like if you have a cake and there's one slice missing, you will probably think, oh, but I don't have the whole cake. You know, I wanted to have the whole cake. Instead of seeing like that you, you, you still have, there's just one, one slice missing but you still have all the rest of the cake mm. oh i don't have one yeah uh, i have one slice missing no you don't have one slice missing you have all of the rest of it yeah so yeah uh i think it's, it's very your perspective and your mindset yeah. and how you see things is and and then but trying to retrain how you your let's say your status quo of seeing things is, is a difficult thing mm. that takes work yeah definitely yeah other than your like mental state i guess from religion and other things that has kind of developed what else has kind of developed since you've moved over to Europe and to Ireland and been to Portugal? Uh, I think I just learned so much in about so many things. Um, I, yeah, I think seeing, I don't know, seeing people in a different way. And I think um, in a different way, I mean, by, by that, I mean, um, just, uh, seeing like everyone is equal and uh, I think for me it's just so important that you you show love you show that you care and you know be kind be respectful um, I think in general I just learned about um, about people about human beings and how how much we miss sometimes because we are not open we just I think it's just so easy especially nowadays that people are like oh you have a different opinion i don't like you uh and it's getting worse i think on social media but then mm. it's like why don't you just listen to other and then okay it's just opinion but look to look to who the person is beyond that uh so i think i just learned about myself about other people in general you know do you find the people uh, in dublin to be of similar mind or do you think you're just able to deal with people's crap a little bit better? I mean, uh, I when 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 I was living abroad, uh, like I, I kind of went through a lot of changes as well, and I guess 
going away and and facing those obstacles really made forced me to change it's like you know uh, diamonds are made under pressure that kind of mentality mm-hmm. um do you think that it's being abroad has forced you to do that or do you think it's actually just in the people and the place and everything has aided you in becoming i guess a, a more rounded person mm, i would say the, the second uh <laughs> the second option let's say uh because yeah i think i could see how many people are so nice so kind and um i think i like friends that i have now are probably friends that I met here in Ireland. I don't have friends from before, like if I have one or two maybe, mm-hmm. but most of them, it was, uh, they were people that I met here and we became friends because we have like some similar, um, yeah, we were going through like similar uh, moments in life. Uh, so we have like those affinities, can I say that? Yeah. yeah. And then uh, we... Yeah, we we were just like always helping each other, and also here in Ireland, I think uh, I noticed also this difference. Uh, let's say at work, um, I think like in in Brazil, it was, it was going to be like that. Like if you call sick because you are sick, you have to prove and you have really to make sure nobody uh, thinks that you are lying, because mm. you know you there is this like control, you know, kind of like oh. Uh, you were like you were the boss and everybody has to to do what you tell them and and here i realized like uh it's more important uh your your well-being is more important than just like following you know what what people tell you to do mm-hmm. at work for example so i thought it was more like human <laughs> somehow um and yeah, in general, like Irish people are just so friendly and very, uh, very warm. This is funny because I was talking about it today. We have this mindset that our Europeans are cold. And I'm like, it's not cold. It's just different because we were talking about being very touchy uh, mm. and probably like Latins in general, like a bit mm. more touchy. And I was like, yeah, but that doesn't mean that you were warm and, you know, in, in the way that you treat people. So I think everything was like kind of uh, adding, you know, mm-hmm. for me to to see this way. Yeah. When you um, came initially, you said you made it like a, a great group of friends here. Um, how did you go about making those friends? How did that happen? Um, funny, funny enough, most of them I met like in church here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but now no, no one. <laughs> really? Everybody? None of them. Wow. Yeah. They've all left. They're all decided to yeah, break away. Yeah, maybe some of them still have like a very strong. Um, there must be like a priest here who's like, "Is it something I've been saying?" <laughs> <laughs> like all of these people come over, super religious, and then I, they come here to my mass, and all of a sudden they're gone. <laughs> well, Irish mass is boring. <laughs> he was. He was actually not a priest. Was a pastor. So that's ah. why he's just yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, an Irish man. Uh, but he and his family just love. Uh, Brazilians so much that most of the people who would attend uh, the church would be Brazilians. Okay. Uh, wow. Yeah. But then people started going to Dices. <laughs> <laughs> the the church of Dices. <laughs> oh, God. What's happening? Joke, I don't even yeah. go to Dices yeah. anymore. <laughs> yeah. anymore. I haven't been there in at least. Today is the seventh day that I haven't been to Dices. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, last time I was there was when I, yeah, 26. 
18 when I was kind of, it was my farewell, farewell. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm always coming back, but not today. So it was through church that you met these people. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah, we've been good friends. That's nice in one sense, because you had like a ready-made community when you, when you arrived, you know, um, like maybe not everybody has that easy entrance, I'd say, to yeah it might be revolved around like we've had guys like david here he's from france who um kind of worked his way into the music community say mm. around a hobby of his um but maybe other people who come with you know not religious or they don't have a soup like a real like hobby a really clear hobby i think it's more difficult for people to find that community you know it's not as yeah. obvious for them yeah, and you you might get needy when you are here. You you want to, especially if like if some people are very attached to their families in Brazil, and so when they arrive here, they really like need um, to feel loved, to feel you know part of something. So yeah, uh, it's easy to find that when yeah. you find a group like that, you know, because of course there is it is uh, it's not just all. <laughs> craft it's it's of course there's some good things about it yeah uh because i think as we said before like some uh, everyone is searching for something and then when you start sharing these things maybe you just find a common point and uh yeah but as you said you it's good because you already have like loads of people um more options let's say to uh to find friends mm. and so you're still close with that that community that from that's way back in 2013 are a lot of those people still here uh yeah wow. yeah uh, that's almost 10 years yeah actually uh when i arrived back here on the fourth uh yeah on the 5th of august there was this party of 10 year celebration uh of i think four of my friends wow that are still living here cool yeah. Some of them are already married, having kids soon. <laughs> so they Irish kind of feel there. Yeah. One of my friends will have an Irish <laughs> baby. Yeah. yeah. Like, so when you say one of them, um, like, is that just with an Irish partner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. uh, she's, she's Brazilian. She's married to Irish. Yeah, because uh, don't forget, yeah. all of them technically can play for Ireland. Okay. <laughs> doesn't doesn't matter what their parents are from. You know, <laughs> they're born in Ireland. They're they're eligible. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. He's gonna yeah. be an Irish. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm joking. <laughs> That's really cool, though. Uh, it's nice to see that people are, are sticking around. It's, I mean, as I, I like as he spoke about earlier on, there's opportunities here, maybe financial and and good incentives to stay. Um, are, are the, that group of friends that you have? Do you see a lot of them moving back to Brazil at any point? No, no, not at all. Yeah. Oh, okay. One one of uh, my friends, like a very good friend of mine, he's back in Brazil. He he lives there, but we've been in touch since, yeah, since we met here. Mm. But but the rest of them, they are here. No, one of them surprisingly moved, uh, not yeah, a month ago maybe to Madrid, because yeah, she she likes um, uh, Spanish culture and everything, and she yeah. was tired of the Irish yeah. weather. Yeah, no, listen, well, you and me, like her and me both, but yeah, <laughs> it's it's our, 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 what was it, cross to carry? Cross to bear. Cross to bear. Mm. Keeping um, that religious motif exactly. going. Exactly. Uh, um, did you vote? No. No? <laughs> no. Out of, out of choice or? 
No, I just don't. Don't want anything to do with it. Care less about it. Honestly, yeah. I think it's just uh, people are gonna hate me when they listen to mm. that. <laughs> I I just it, that that's my opinion. Some people think I'm just neutral, uh, but I think uh, the 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 way it is now. Yeah, they just missed the point, you know, especially right now with the two candidates. It's mm. all about the rivalry. It's all about just like, let's see who's going to win. And oh, no, I, I can't, I can't deal with that. I yeah. think if you, I just saw like small bits of uh, the debates and they're just attacking each other. They are not saying anything that is cons constructive. Yeah. And, uh, and then it's like, why that mm, it's uh, terrible it's so frustrating isn't it yeah it's, that, but that's happened, not just happening there it's happening everywhere yeah, yeah where it's like nobody talks about their own policies anymore they just attack other policies yeah um and i kind of yeah it, it, it's happening within political parties here as well and it's just it's frustrating it really yes is. it is because it's like uh where's this where's the intelligence in all of that mm, you know mm. like yeah no I, yeah, I, but to get everyone riled up against each other, against um, us versus them, and them versus us, and like uh, I, I'm, I'm not educated in in the politics of Brazil at, at, at all, so I'm not going to really say too much on it. I know nothing either. But, so don't worry. <laughs> but it's just like, you, but you can see it's the same te techniques that they're kind of taken from one country, using it in in another country in another setting, mm. and. And kind of just driving that divide in the whole thing, and they're—it's just sad, really. It's like where, where are all the good men gone? Where are all the guards? Yes. Where's yes. the streetwise police? They, they don't want to be involved. <laughs> I was—I was just texting before I come here. I was—I was saying that like uh, because like so you know, millions of people, and then these two are there uh, disputing uh, this mm. position. And it's like, where are the good people? Like, I mean, I'll say good people, but like someone who would. The, the talented, the really yeah, talented, the best, sense. the best of Brazil or yeah. Where are they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I said, like, I think these people just don't want to get involved. No. You know? why, why would you? Yeah, exactly. And for me, I think, you know, uh, somehow like, uh, I mean, um, Politics and philosophy are kind of uh, connected, uh, mm -hmm. we know. But like, I think it's the problem, the big problem of everything is, is beyond that. It's not only politics that is going to solve. It's like people's uh, mind also. Because Brazil, for example, especially in Brazil, people complain about corruption, but we have a corruptive mindset. Mm, like, corrupt, you know, yeah. yeah, corrupted mindset. We, mm. yeah, we have those little ways it's of human doing nature. things. Pardon? Human nature. Everybody has yeah, yeah. the devil not, and the not angel. Only in Brazil, but yeah, I think like don't blame the governance if you were uh, not also doing the mm. right thing. Yeah. Kind of so. Um where like do you do you like to hang out in Dublin in your in your spare time? Mm. Apart from when you're you're attending Dices. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. That was long yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, honestly, lately, I, it's hard to say, but if I ever have a chance to be somewhere close to the beach or just, you know, close to nature somehow, I, I try to, but sometimes I'm just too tired on the weekend. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Um, do you have any particularly like favorite spot in Dublin, whether it's a cafe, a bar, 
um a bench like a beach is there any like spot that you love about the city um i think there is this place in uh temple bar that i yeah it just came across no, i was with my friends and we went there last year it's called uh joy of cha okay joy of cha it's like um yeah like a coffee shop and temple bar and it's joy of cha you joy of cha do you know no, it? yeah. it's uh yeah it's it, i think they are uh from argentina Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, but you do have like delicious stuff there. It's nice. It's nice What's place. the name of the super famous tea that everyone drinks from Brazil and Uruguay and Argentina? Mate. 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 Yeah. yeah. Are you but, big into your mate? Uh, I would like to drink it more, to be honest, you know, like the... The, the goblet. Like, yeah. yeah. The huge goblet. <laughs> yeah. It's so extra. It's like yeah, the yeah. most extra drink <laughs> I've ever seen yeah. in my life. It's great. It's It's really, it's nice to see those traditions. Like, it's like kind of PPC people carrying around some a relic from. Oh, it's hipster. Uh, it's, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's very hipster. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's more. It's a stronger thing. Like in, it's close to to where I'm from. It's south south of Brazil, but um, yeah, I just never learned exactly how to make a proper one, so I don't drink that one. But we have like a black tea that's also called mate. Ah. And yeah, I would drink that as well. It's just uh, not, I don't know, it's maybe not as strong as the British black tea, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not British because you also have some black yeah. tea. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, what about if you were, like, you're, you're here kind of on and off for <laughs> almost 10 years. Not 10 years really, but, well, not really, but you've had a you've known ireland now for a long time and you've known dublin and you've actually recently moved back to dublin again so you were you started in 2013 you're here for a while came back then i think what you came back like only last month right or august august yeah. our yeah. time is flying by yeah. um if you were chatting to someone who's you know maybe from brazil or from wherever um, who's thinking about moving over is there any is there anything that you'd say? Listen, this you have to know before you come here. Mm. Um, what would you think of of mentioning? Um, <laughs> that's difficult. Uh, I thought about Guinness, but <laughs> it just sounds like. <laughs> uh, well, definitely, I would suggest like as as soon as you have a chance, do a road trip around Ireland. Uh, mm. because yeah one of the most beautiful places that i've uh been is in ireland but you really need to to get out of dublin yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like i i went to connemara in 2015 i think and i was just like wow yeah it's really nice so it is i yeah but other other than that what you need to know before coming over uh, I was told that there was a good um, piece of advice uh, before coming here that um, because I wanted to learn English, right? So I was told, like, avoid Brazilians. <laughs> if it's someone from Brazil, I would say try to try to to get to know people from other, not necessarily Irish people, but of course it, it's even better because then you, you really dive into the Irish culture. And I, I'm always learning something new. Like the other, uh, living with my friend now, I learned, uh, what is that they say? Whenever he's telling the story, he says like, 
your man, your man. And I'm like, what are you saying? Your man is like, instead of saying the guy, he says your man. <laughs> so I'm always learning something new. Uh, so it's it's really important, I think, for you to to meet Irish people here. But that's it, a very Irish expression. I uh, love I love the fact uh, that I know that now. <laughs> do you know the opposite to your man? No. You're one. You're one. Well, I you're one. You're one. one. You're one. You're one. W A N. Really? Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Opposite. Your, How come? One's your man is a guy, and your one is a girl. Oh, okay. Uh, so you can oh. kind of say like, "Oh, yeah. your man downstairs. Did you talk to him? You know, or did you talk to your man?" I, uh, it's funny because I I used to when I this years ago I, when I was in living in Australia for the first three months of my time in Australia, I lived in a hostel and I shared a room with eight other people, right? And we were all kind of working, and so it was like semi-serious semi all the time parties but there was a guy from liverpool there and he was listening to me one day and he, was, he just turns around one day and goes mach i can't do the accent when he goes you know when you say your man who are you actually talking about <laughs> it's like you're a he thought i was talking about like your? my man yeah like my partner yeah. and he was like he just couldn't figure it out he's like Who's your man? And it's not even your, right? It's not Y O U R. It's your. Y E R. Your man. Yeah. I would say Y E R. Y E R, yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. But I thought like your man, I also thought the same. So really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's just very, very nice if you can spend time with Irish people. Pick up a bit of Hiberno English, mm. yeah, a bit of Irish English. Um, Marjorie, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. Um, oh really appreciate you. Thanks for uh, having me. Yeah, it's been a really interesting conversation. Yeah, uh, sorry, I went too deep. <laughs> I, I love it. I'm all about the deepness. Uh, Ross, too deep, Ross, to Ross knows all about it. Yeah. Same, Speaking of which, you. I bought a new bed. Anyway, uh. Uh, uh, yeah, that's for another day. Um, yeah, Ross, thanks as always. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, thanks for listening, guys. And yeah, we'll chat to you soon. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 